Now, on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Weekly tee box dysfunction on a major championship week is back. Alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast, the U.S. Open preview edition. Caddy comes to us from Pebble Beach, one of the, the, the best golfing grounds on planet Earth. Amen. I come to you from Bristol, America. <laughs> we'll leave it at just the title. And I, Bristol, America. <laughs> I want to start off with an apology. And I feel as though that we owe the patrons an apology because there was only one person on Maddie and Caddy planet Earth that knew that we were on a hiatus last week and didn't tell anyone, and it was the Caddy. Wait, what? None of You're... us not, none of us Wait. knew there wasn't going to be a podcast last week until the Caddy informed us midweek. So... For hold those on of, a minute. Whoa, hold on. No, man. Let me finish my apology. No, you don't. Let me finish my apology. So well, You're apologizing for something. You're blaming me. You're blaming me, <laughs> and then you're apologizing for me? Yes. So for those <laughs> of us, the, for those of us who have hung out since May 28th asking us on social media when the next podcast is coming out, my apologies that the communication was not clear because it was also not clear uh, from this end as well. So, having said that, yes, yeah, it's, well, you it's say good this to be end, back. You mean you? Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> Our producer that quit, Drew Brooks, <laughs> he had no idea. No one knew. Well, how, why would he know if he quit? Because we were still bothering him about when we were going to tape, and it was it was disclosed to me that 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 producer Drew is no longer a member of the. Team Maddie and Caddy. But it's because he's moved up in the world. How long have you known what I had to do last week? For a while. But that doesn't mean. Yes, it does. It never means that we're not podding. What? Never means we're not podding. How? It was going to physically not be possible. Because there are technical things that I have to have to be able to. Plug in. and <laughs> So they don't have electricity where you were. I didn't say they don't have electricity, <laughs> but electricity. Remember, where was I f- when we did our podcast after the PGA Championship? Where were you after the PGA Championship? I don't recall. See? This is what I'm saying. You know why you don't recall? Because you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. You, uh, where are you? Bristol, America. Yeah. Hey. On a campus with. 37 studios that you can just walk in and be like, hey, this one's open. Let's do this. I, at the PGA Championship, was doing it from a cargo container. You're damn right you were. See? And you know why I was doing it from a cargo container? Because unbeknownst to us, they New York don't mess around when they were like, yo, if you're out of here Monday, that means Sunday, 12 o'clock. We taking everything out and turn. we flipping the switch. So finding... An Ethernet connection, we were actually the only one. A funny story, when I get here to the U.S. Open, the lady from Safari finds me and says, 
oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about what happened at the PGA Championship. Next time, if you ever in that situation, if you have to do a show or a podcast or something, let me know and I'll make sure that there's a connection waiting for you. Good. Sounds like you have your house in order finally. I this the last time I checked, like we co we supposed to be partners, man. You supposed to be backing me up, and now you just throw me under the bus. Like you did this. You know you why? Yet. You know why? Because we left so much good content on the table last week because you didn't tell us we weren't podcasting. I didn't say. And I'm, and I'm what bitter. Are you talking about? Well, hold on. I know because what was I doing last week though? Yeah, you were at the. Uh, you were playing at the uh, in the BMW. The BMW. That's why you're bitter. Is because I was out playing golf in a tournament and you didn't get to do it. No, so let's be honest. That's why you mad. Well, that's yes. part of it. No, not part of but it. But I figured, not know, part, like that's Monday, why. Look, like Monday you or Tuesday, an you know, like Monday or Tuesday last week, we could have gotten together, uh, completely talked about your BMW Charity Pro Am. Uh, we could have talked about the spelling. I hadn't played yet. We could have talked about the spelling bee. We what am I going to look? I'm not going to talk about spelling bee. No one won. Well, see, we're not going to get into that rabbit hole because it's U.S. Open week. All I wanted to say is, oh, we can go is, down. I'm not scared. Is that I'm, I'm glad I, we're I, I love that excuse. Oh, they went through every word in the dictionary. Guess what? There's a Polish dictionary. Spell Petruskevich. Knock yourself out. That's my editor's last name. We were laughing about that on the bus on the way over here. There's play, hey, there's Russian dictionary. Start spelling Russian words. We didn't study those. Nah, eh, you're not that good then, are you? So there you go. We're going until there's one winner. We'll go through every dictionary. We'll start doing ancient Egyptian. Like, we'll make you spell in hieroglyphs. I don't care. There ain't going to be no eight trophies. That's stupid. I can tell you there will be one winner at the U.S. Open this week. Yes. It stands on Pebble Beach. First time since 2010 when our friend, um, why am I drawing a blank? Graham McDowell won the, the U.S. Open in 2010. Tiger Woods. That's when Dustin Johnson. Yep. And Tiger Woods yeah. broke golf in 2000 when he did it there. And I'm yeah. glad there there are some things he that make sense. <laughs> and it, the Pebble Beach U.S. Open is one of them. And I'm actually, you know, it's funny, I'm, Michael, I'm glad we're doing this today because I had a chance to listen to some of the press conferences yesterday. Yes. And there were some interesting tidbits coming out of the news cycle yesterday out there in beautiful Monterey. So I will I I'll, def, I'll defer to you on the first one. But first, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look at seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive 10% off your first ticket order to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. First-time customers, listen to this. Use the promo code GOLF for 10% off your first Vivid Seats order. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code GOLF for 10% off your first order on Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. What, who do you want to talk about first as we get the patrons set for the U.S. Open and who we think might win? I'm going to talk about the dude that I'm picking to win, and that's Brooks Kepka. How does How is he not the favorite? I, I just don't get that. Yeah. You got Dustin Johnson as the favorite. You got Rory McIlroy as the second favorite in Vegas. And you got Brooks as third. And then they do 
four promos for the U.S. Open, that and was my one of the prom- one of the promos that they did ain't even got Brooks in it. And of course, that's the one that he sees because what's this dude always looking for? A reason to have a chip on his shoulder. And you just gave him two. You that was my two. favorite part of yesterday. Favorite him, part. Of him in him the press call- conference talking about how somebody should be fired or probably was fired for not having him in. And the best part was then someone from someone from somewhere else was walking around explaining to everyone after literally stopping at all the little spots that we have in the media center yeah. and explaining to everyone why Brooks wasn't in the third of the four, three of the four, or one of the four spots that was out there and that he just didn't see that one and this blah, 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 wait, blah. Wait, wait, you know wait. what I mean? Yeah, so damage someone, control. Someone from Fox was walking around. Defending yes. themselves. If you didn't hear it, which I'm sure you have by now, if you if you're a golf fan, Brooks Kepka called out Fox, who airs the U.S. Open and broadcast it, because there was a promo circulating the, for the coverage of the U.S. Open, and, and Brooks wasn't one of the players featured in the Fox promo for the U.S. Open. So you're yeah. to tell me that Fox got triggered by this and was walking around telling Looking people for a it was safe wrong. Space. Yeah, yeah. Fox Fox got triggered. Well, how are you going to not when the Two-time defending champion is telling people in his press conference, yeah, I didn't quite understand why I wasn't in that promo. That didn't make any sense. You're promoing the U.S. Open, and I'm not in it. He's like, yeah, I see. Well, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. What did you think? Well, whoever, whoever did it should be fired probably was fired. (laughs) <laughs> like, how am yeah, I not going to be in that? And it came up twice, too, because he was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And here's why, uh, to go back on Brooks for a couple of things. One, I think it's absolutely moronic that that he had, the conversation should start and stop with him being the favorite. But the reason he's not the favorite is because history is against him, and I think Vegas sees that. History was against him last year. I know. History well, was not, against him at the not, PGA Championship. Here's what I understand. Why is it when it comes to Brooks doing what he's doing, um, don't make him the favorite. History's against him, and it's hard to back up this. They're making all kinds of the excuses I heard was, this is a different golf course. Every course at a major is a different except the Masters. Every single one. No, well, this one, length doesn't matter. Yeah, well, the favorite's Dustin Johnson. So shut up, because you don't make any sense there either. Like, that's ridiculous. If it was, well, look at the history. Brooks only played here one time before. So, that means he's got no baggage. That means he doesn't look at this place like like AT&T in February. He doesn't see the course that way. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. But will you allow the fact that one of one of Kepka's big advantages over everyone is his length? Same with Dustin Johnson. Yeah, but so Dustin, why is DJ the favorite? Because he had this thing wrapped up back in 2010 until he, he didn't absolutely, win. But he, so but, if that's the case, then either Graham McDowell or Phil Mickelson should be the favorite because Phil just won here in February and Graham well, got the it course done the is last different. time we were here. The course is different than how it's set up in February. The fairways aren't as wide. The rough isn't as thick. So it's a completely different setup in terms of what we see at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am. So then, how come Graham Graham McDowell isn't the favorite? Because now you're taking things that have happened in the past and you've got to make them relative to today. And I'd say, but you relative, just did that. But I'd say relative to today. Well, get, let me get to the point. 
relative to today, Dustin Johnson is a much bigger threat than Graham McDowell. A threat to who? Brooks. So if he's a threat to Brooks, then that means Brooks is the dude holding the championship belt. Oh, there's no question. Look, I agree with you that I think that that Brooks Kepka needs to be one of the top three to five favorites, but it doesn't bother me. He's not the favorite. What I'm saying is this dude, all he needs is a little tiny sliver of an excuse to mega focus even more. And he's got he, it. Now he's got it, which yeah. is why I think he won the PGA Championship the way that he won it. I think it is also why he defended the U.S. Open last year the way that he defended the U.S. Open last year. Like, all of these factors come into it. And now you're saying, the guy who's saying all the time, I feel like I'm disrespected a little bit. Like, I feel like no one's really taking as much notice of me as should be taken. You just double down on that against this guy. What do people think is going to happen? Okay, here's where I'm at with with Kepka in this narrative. I understand why he feels the way he does. Slighted. He is right now the best player on the planet. He's the oh. he's the number one ranked player in the world, and he deserves <laughs> to be. Yep. He doesn't like that, even though he's won four majors. He is the number one ranked player on the planet. He's backed up a U.S. Open twice. A PGA Championship twice. Which no, no one's one, ever done. The reason he feels slighted is because he still, still isn't one of the Mount Rushmore faces of the sport right now. Yes. And while I understand that he doesn't like that, he doesn't like not being one of the faces of golf, sometimes you have to look at yourself and sometimes that's on the player. And I think in this case, it's 50-50. It's 50% um, not right, and it's 50% confusing how he's not one of the faces of golf. And then the other 50%, Brooks got his test to look at himself now because you know who's in commercials? Ricky Fowler, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy. Brooks well, you just did 150%, but it's cool, though. What do you mean? <laughs> you gave three 50%. Oh yeah, and if we were still keeping the math, the math analogy, yes, you are right. But look, See? I mean, Caddy said that right. Like, I get what he's saying, and he deserves to be a little ticked look, off. I'll but the, he needs to put uh, yes. himself out there. I'll agree with you that part part of it is definitely on Brooks himself, as far as what he puts out, and like, he can't change. You can't change what your personality is. You can't. You can't be fake to try and make people like you because that's not going to work, and everybody will see through it. That being said. I'm just saying, like, Brooks is a guy who's always looking for a reason to have a chip on his shoulder to kind of get him jacked up, to get himself jacked up and motivated. Remember, he did he did that video with Joe Buck, which was hilarious. It was good. Of Joe Buck, who I spoke to yesterday about Joe doing that video on the driving range with Brooks, and Brooks calling him Jim. Now, yeah, Brooks laughed it off and stuff like that, but don't think for a second he ain't using that as motivation as well. So kind of as a knock of when, in 2017, Joe Buck called his girlfriend Becky. Yeah, that would be good. And Brad Faxon had to be like, nah, that's yeah. his new girlfriend. Jim. We were there. So there and who Hills he's still was, with. Yeah. Who now, they should be taking odds on whether Jenna is going to go for the kiss 
walking to the tee box. No, that's why he bogeyed four in a row. <laughs> well, he made a bogey he way bogeyed before in the, the parking tournament lot. started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but in all seriousness with Brooks, I, we're seeing something in golf that we hadn't seen. You know, Rory had an early run back in the, Not like this, though. Back 2010, 2011, he was dominating the sport. But, yeah, it wasn't like this. What I, happens? Let me ask you a question. All right. What happens if Brooks wins this week? And has three U.S. Opens in a row, which no one's ever done in the modern golf era. Then he's, uh, I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer, but then you're talking about. Like, then. at what point do people start going, um, you know how we were looking for the next one? Yeah. Then That's you're, what I'm he, saying. He's in a like, stratosphere. This is, if he wins this week, there's going to be some Tiger fans that are going to, like, going to have to be talked off a ledge because, number one, Brooks already did one thing that Tiger's never done. Yep. Now, if you win three U.S. Opens in a row, there's that's it. There's no excuses that you can say this dude is not the next guy. Like, but see, and that's the thing is, as you say that, I'm trying to put my mindset into that place. If Brooks Koepka were to win at Pebble Beach this week, and I still don't know what it is about him, but I I don't see him in that light. I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's because. His demeanor on the course. Yes. I don't know if it's because the marketability off the course. Yes. I think it's all of it. And I think yes. it's, it's, I think it's one of the reasons why he's constantly overlooked. I don't know that it's that he's overlooked. I just think that he is someone that is, is hard to market. And that's and on the, him. Cor- yes, it is. It is on him. But it's also. That's part of where the creative marketing abilities of ad agencies and as we in the media also have a responsibility to ask the questions of people that bring out their personalities. And I also believe, and this is where it's partly on the media, I also believe that there are plenty of people sitting in this room that I'm in right now that are cool with the fact that Brooks isn't getting the wow factor that he necessarily deserves. Why? They're cool with keeping him down. Why? They because cool I that? think that because I think that people just don't they don't look at him they don't look at him in the same awe. So when Tiger burst on the scene and became Tiger Woods, the the icon. People were in awe of him. Let's not use ha- Tiger as an example because he's transcendent. He's generational like Michael Muhammad. Let's use but this someone, is what I'm saying. But what I'm saying like is Phil. he didn't start that way. Tiger didn't start that way. He became that. No, I disagree. I disagree. Tiger, Tiger was fist pumping. Tiger was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a teenager. Yes, but he wasn't. he wasn't a worldwide icon then. Uh, he turned pro in 96 and then he won and the won Masters. won the Masters in 97. But he was already, he, dude, he had that deal with Nike the second he turned pro as an all-time contract. You can't. Uh, it was the biggest contract uh, that had ever been. You can't use Tiger as an example with this. I think okay. maybe Phil. No. No, because Phil isn't, Phil doesn't dominate on the golf course the way Brooks does. Phil doesn't scare people the way Brooks does. Well, not Like, now. Brooks is walking towards that intimidation factor that only one guy had so far in our generation. Now, and that's a good point. one guy before him. That's a good point. Like because So it but- went Jack, T- 
Tiger, and if Brooks wins this U.S. Open and now holds two out of the first three and lost the first one by a stroke to Tiger Woods, like something's going to have to give. And this dude is either going to beat Iconic into submission or people in this room are just going to have to bow to this dude and go, I didn't want to have to do this, but it's guys, this guy's not giving me another choice. Can I, can I tell you something uh, as we weave through the Brooks Kepka conversation here? I'm adding the Caddy U.S. Open week. I still believe if two players show up and they are at the peak of their powers, I'm still taking Rory over Kepka. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still taking that. Rory over Kepka, and I picked Rory uh, McIlroy on ESPN.com. I still believe, and 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 this is kind of with your conversation with the intimidation factor. The the, the thing with Phil Mickelson in, in Mickelson's prime is as he as he was hitting that best player in the world status. I've even though he's never been ranked number one, he was. He was the Barkley to Tigers Jordan, and he was in that era where it just wasn't going to happen. I mean, he got his majors, and he's he's a Hall of Famer, and he's, he's won multiple majors. But he was never going to be that intimidating because the most intimidating player in history happened to be in his era. Whereas okay. Kepka still has that. I still believe. But that's that what I'm saying. If Kepka wins this three U.S. Opens in a row and is holding a PGA championship, which is his second in a row— like, at what point do we say, um, okay, that whole Rory thing, never mind. The whole DJ thing, never mind. Like, we found the guy. It's a good question because there's so many dudes right now. Like, this week alone, I believe that Brooks could win. I don't think that he will, but I think that he obviously is in the top three conversation. I think Dustin Johnson rightfully is the favorite. I think after what Rory McIlroy did last week at RBC, I think you're going to have to mess with him. I think Tiger Woods is going to finish in the top 10. I think Ricky Fowler is going to be heard from. I think Hideki Matsuyama is going to be heard from. There are so many guys that I think could win this week, and that's the conversation we never have with Brooks that we had with Tiger. Right. It was Tiger in the field. It's not right. Brooks in the field. Well, that's the whole thing. I'm taking that's, the field. Yeah, that's – well, this – what I – you know, it's ironic that you said that because I got a call from uh, – on radio show the other night, and the call was – I'm going to give you 10 guys in the field. But the thing about, the thing about, I will say about Pebble Beach, and this is the beauty of this U.S. Open at this venue, it doesn't favor any one style of golfer. So anyone from a bomber like DJ or Kepka can win to a short, Precise hitter who puts who puts great. Not even a precise hitter, a short hitter who can putt lights out like Matt Kuchar and Brant Snedeker. That's exactly right. Also have a chance here, and that is the beauty, I think, of what the U.S. Open is supposed to be. It is let's identify the best golfer for the U.S. in the USGA setup when it comes down to it. Well, and, look. And, and, and that's what I think Pebble does. And you said it perfectly there because there are going to be times where Kepka's going driving iron or three-wood off the tee, and then a guy like Molinari, who's not a long hitter, is going to be hitting driver, and they're all going to be in the fairway because it just doesn't favor any particular guy. So really, everyone from 
the short hitters to the big bombers are all going to be playing from the same spot, which is what makes this course so fascinating. Look, I'm not going to be surprised for one second when you see Jim Furyk on the first page of the leaderboard come the weekend. Oh, I will be. And that's the kind of tournament that it is. You have to find the guys that have to hit fairways, which Furyk does better than anybody. you got to find the guys that hit fairways and greens and regulation, and that's why this tournament field favors so many people. Well, I think it just brings everyone into, and it's going to be like, okay, who's gonna who's hitting it the best right now? And that's the thing that is difficult. It's like, remember how great Rory looked last week in Canada? Yep, that's cool. That was last week. Doesn't mean nothing. Doesn't mean nothing going this week. Nothing whatsoever. But I think for it gives him some confidence going through. I still don't. I'm still not putting him. Even though he's in Vegas, number two, the number two betting odds favorite, I'm still not putting him in front of Brooks Kepka. Well, there's so. a lot. I mean, a lot of that is based on last week. Kepka finished tied for 50th, right. and Rory just ran rough shot all over the field. And I think that, I mean, that's a lot to do with how the, the favorites are being listed. But I think so too. I just think I think, like you said, and it's partly it's partly on Brooks. Let's do. Uh, it's let's, hard to. It's hard to. It's hard when you go to Vegas when you see a picture of Brooks Koepka. Like, yeah, I'm putting my money on that dude right there. I mean, you should. He'll whoop your ass if you. Do. I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But this is the. This is the. This is the image that he has created for himself with a lot of help from people in the media. But I don't think you can have both. Then you can't have both if you're Brooks and say I'm disrespected. No one takes me seriously. You can't have that play and then complain that you don't have that notoriety because it's on you to go to your team, Team Kepka, and say, hey, let's, let's, or it's up to his people to go to Brooks and say, hey, we'd love to throw you in this commercial. We'd love to throw you in that. We'd love to show you being funny here. We'd love to make you more relatable and put you on more commercials. Let me tell you something. There is no reason in the golf world that Ricky Fowler, he of no majors, should be more marketable and more popular than Brooks Kepka of four majors. I agree. I think I will say this. I think Nike's trying. Then that's Nike's, on Brooks. Like I Nike's said, he's got uh, I, well, he's got a new spot that's coming out this morning at uh, noon your time, nine a.m. my Ooh, time. Good tease. All right, that happens. You're in, welcome. Uh, yeah. We're taping this at eleven thirty-seven Eastern, so in about twenty minutes, we'll see new Brooks. Yeah, Kepka. there's Speaking a of- new Brooks Kepka spot that's coming out that that Nike's this running, and he's gonna, I think, be like live on there something or else. I don't know. All right, like there's, he's got a live spot coming too, but then they got a new spot where he's kind of talking and laughing, and so we'll see. Well, it sounds like you're prepared to report on it, so we'll look forward to that. Hey, um, let's. Keep it Nike and go Tiger Woods now. The most fascinating thing that I thought that came out of Tiger Woods' press conference yesterday, and you might know more on this, and I haven't heard much on this, and I tend to stay pretty dialed into this kind of thing. He, for the first time, when talking about the PGA Championship, that he wasn't feeling his best, and then someone went in for a follow-up, and all Tiger said was, with that Tiger smirk, was, I was in rough shape. And so... I don't know if he was sick. Yes. He was sick. Yes. It had nothing to do with the back or any nope. physical aid. So he wasn't, he was under the weather. Yes. And why are we just now learning about this? Because this is part of the problem when it comes to Team Tiger. Steiny says one thing, 
Mark Steinberger's agent. For those. Steinberg says one thing yep. that is not necessarily true, and then Tiger says something else, which is true. But now he can't make Steiny look like a liar because then if he does that, then anytime Steiny comes out and says something, right. no one's going to believe him. So you got to keep the dude that's coming out making all your announcements. You got to keep him believable, even if what he's telling you isn't true. So now we know, because it's funny, because if we peel back that onion a little bit, we now know for the PGA Championship when Tiger mysteriously didn't show up to the course on Wednesday, it was something to be concerned about because he was not feeling well. Well, no, it wasn't. We, If we're going to be concerned about anything, we'll be concerned about his physical health. Okay, that's fair. Physical health as far as his back, his neck, his knees, his ankle, all of those things physically if he just is has is like I don't want he didn't have the flu, but if he had like if he was sick like a bad cold or flu like symptoms or like a bad stomach with bad food. Whatever, yeah. If it's that kind of sickness, then no, I'm not concerned because that is one of those things where your body just processes stuff out and you need a day to to shut it down and not do anything and just you gotta just drink liquids, soup and be near a bathroom. You know what I mean? So that's not anything to be concerned with, which, but it's also not something that, you know, someone like Tiger Woods is going to come out and be like, hey, here's where I had my problem. Like, so he don't do that. But he it, also then can't have Steiny come out and say things. Right. You can't, while well, his agent's doing his job protecting him, but at least we know Correct. now because he just didn't look himself. I mean, he didn't make the cut, which we know, and we, we kind of blamed a little bit of the Masters on that. And, and I think that still had a large part to do with it. But watching Tiger yesterday, he didn't play on the course on Tuesday. He opted for a, a long putting session. He opted for the driving range pre-press conference. And this week, as far as Tiger is concerned, the reason I love Tiger this week, and you knew I didn't like him at the PGA Championship because I said he wouldn't finish in the top 25. The I reason, said he wouldn't make the cut. No, you didn't. What? Oh, my. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my. I did say that on SportsCenter on Thursday. Oh, way to go. Way yeah. to go out on a limb. That doesn't count on Thursday after he's played around. But the Dude, reason I, I said love it Thursday before. Okay. The reason I love Tiger so much this week is because the driver is only going to be in play maybe four times. You act like he can't miss a fairway with a three wood or an iron. I like my odds a lot more. I don't think it matters. I just look, I, I look at it this way when it comes to Tiger Woods. Number one, <clears throat> after watching Tiger do his cool down session on Saturday <clears throat> at Memorial. Yeah. Are you if, good? If, Can we stop? Are you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. All right. Yeah. This I, is, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Thank this you. This is me before coffee. You didn't do your 5 a.m. wake up coffee in your room situation? No. All right. no. Okay. I did sure, not because I, mean. I didn't. I did not know because this was kind of fly by the seat of our pants this week. <clears throat> I was not a hundred percent sure when we were when launch was going to happen when we was going. Well, you know, we were waiting so, to hear from you. Now you're making stuff up, just like me. I'm saying. just I'm just hanging out here, waiting to hear from the guy that's on the road when he's going to be able to take. Neither here nor there. You just sounded what? like you were barfing up along, and I wanted to make sure you were good. Nah, man, I'm fine. I all just right, so, haven't had my coffee, so I'm just right. kind of gearing up. So when it comes to Tiger, <laughs> and this week, if the Tiger Woods that played Sunday morning those first twelve holes at Memorial, if that dude shows up, 
it's game over for the rest of this field, period. If that dude shows up. Now, that's a big challenge and a big ask because a lot of times going by, you know, and one of the things that I didn't like that he did at the PGA Championship was got there too early and overprepared. Mm-hmm. And I hope he didn't do that here. He, because, he played 18 on Sunday, didn't he, at Pebble? Yeah, okay. yeah. And he's played 9-9. Nine, nine, He's played nine and nine. No, he didn't play yesterday. Uh, I thought he went and played nine holes nope. before. No. Nope. Okay, good. Um, so if he plays nine today, that's good. Or if he doesn't play nine, well, you, you got to go out and play. Yeah, he'll nine go holes play today. nine today. Yeah, you got to. And it is stunningly beautiful out right now. But the temperature—that's the other thing. So he was out practicing, played eighteen holes this past Sunday, but it was almost ninety degrees on Sunday. Mm-hmm. When we tee it up on Thursday, it's going to be sixties. And that favors the high. I think he likes that. That's that California tiger no. that he grew up with. No, not for a guy with a bad back who has to have two hours of stretching and stuff to get ready. That's not good to have cool temperatures. I mean, he's teeing off at what, 545 back. Eastern, so 245-ish yeah. out there? Yeah, so he does two, two something on Thursday and then early on Friday. So, so where do you see him? Because there's, there's a couple of other things I want to get to in our US I don't, Open honestly, preview. Honestly, man, where do you I see don't. Tiger? I don't know. I honestly don't know. This is the first time that I can, that I'm saying that, that it is really, I am struggling with where I think Tiger can finish this week. And it's because of the Tiger that I saw last week, but then knowing that he had a week off and he came here early and has been preparing. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. He's on the putting green now. I, I honestly, I feel like I should just go hang out and report. Just, no, not report, but almost stalking for a bit. Because like when I talked to him on Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. at at the memorial, like that dude that I spoke to Saturday after he was done doing his cool down, and we were talking about Frank, which there's a really good article on dot com right now that Kevin Van Falkenberg wrote about the head cover Frank and how he came to be. Um but when I talked to him Tiger Saturday, I was like, this, that's the dude that won the Masters. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who I'm talking to right now and the guy who I was watching play and he did that for twelve holes. But unfortunately we don't play twelve holes. We play eighteen. So that's the conundrum. I confidently have him in the top 10. Confidently. I think I just I just feel that Masters Tiger's back. I feel he trusts his body. I feel that he's going to have that familiarity with that moment he had back in 2000. He knows the course. He knows where to hit it. He knows how to play it. I've got him comfortably in the top 10. I would uncomfortably put him in the top 10, and I would I would uncomfortably put him in the top 10. You know what I would do? I would uncomfortably put Tiger in the top 10, and I'll comfortably put Phil leaving Friday night. Okay, great. Segway. Guy, you didn't even know I was going to go this route. I was like, all right, from one legendary champion of the man who doesn't have a U.S. Open, Phil turns 49, Father's Day Sunday, still needs the U.S. Open to complete the career grand kids. slam. You don't think Phil's making the cut? Nope. Even though he won this event in February? See, there you go. Different course. Yeah, what? Same, same location, different setup. So you don't. How many drivers did he have in the bag in February? So you don't think Phil's making the cut? 
Nope. I love that prediction. Why? He got two drivers in the bag. <laughs> bombs away. He loves hitting bombs. <laughs> Dropping bombs. Yeah. How'd that work out at Memorial? It didn't. Thank you. And it ain't going to work out here. The one thing that the one thing where Phil may be saved and may be lucky is yeah, at least yes, yeah, we record this Wednesday. Tuesday, the rough in many places is not nearly as thick and penal as US Open rough normally can be. And the reason I think that is is because they had temperatures in the upper 90s last week. But now that the temperature is dropping mm-hmm. and it's going to be a little overcast and whatnot, this rough is going to pop. And if it does pop, when Phil misses the fairway with both of those drivers, which for a course that everyone's talking about, you don't need drivers. Phil's bringing two. What does that tell you? Like, Pebble Beach is not an I'm going to overpower this golf course course. It just isn't. There's, it's a placement course. Yeah, there's no place to do that other than maybe on number six. Where if you instead of hitting it down the fairway, you hit it way left. And I mean way left. Like you're almost trying to get it to the eighth fairway. Because if you hit it up there high enough and the rough isn't bad, you actually have a great look at the green. You can see the top. Like you're basically putting yourself on the top shelf then. But what the USGA might do is because they found that out during the amateur. During the amateur, a bunch of the guys that were playing then just bombed it as far left as possible on six. So they might stake that and make it a penalty area mm-hmm. since now since now they changed it to there's no OB, there's no water hazards. It's all just penalty area. So they might make that a penalty area, which I... would be unfortunate. But other than that hole, Phil having two drivers is basically Phil saying – I think I can draw one driver and I can cut the other one. See, I don't think he's going to go to the the first tee box with two drivers. I don't think it matters. Well, it it don't going to matter because he ain't hitting driver on the first anyway. But that's what I'm that's saying. Just... So that that the two driver thing that he's been doing, I don't think that's going to be applicable this week. But that's why he did it. He did that at Memorial to prepare for this week. Did he though? He knows. Yes, m- but he knows more about that course than just about anybody. Why would he knowingly do that? That's the problem. Like, that's where overkill and over inf- over information, it's you have way too much baggage to be success, to be successful. It's too much. All right, so let's do a Maddie and Caddy wager because I love this, which, by the way, I thought one of the notable things out of Phil Mickelson yesterday is that he will not speak to the media prior to the start of the tournament after lobbing that grenade on the USGA at Memorial. <laughs> so he's just like, I've said my piece. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, so let's do a Maddie and Caddy wager. Okay. So my half of the wager will be Tiger in the top ten. Your half of the wager will be Phil missing the cut. So we need to. So I will take. Okay. So I'm ta- I'm basically saying you're. We're basically going to bet on which one happens and doesn't. So what's what's the wager? So Tiger finishes inside the so top that, ten. I'm saying Tiger You're finishes inside. You're guaranteeing that. Um, that's my guarantee. You're guaranteeing Phil misses the cut. Okay. And so what do you want to win? I don't know. We should we leave it up to the patrons? No. <laughs> yeah, because then your beard will be back in play. <laughs> See, and I'm not allowed to. Remember, I was told I'm not allowed to gamble that. 
All right, let's let's think on it. But let's definitely have a Maddie and Caddy wager. Okay. Uh, based on those two, we'll put it out there on, on at Maddie and Caddy M A T T Y the word and C A D D I E. We'll put it out there both Instagram and Twitter. But I feel like it should be something really good, like a video, a video wearing something to post on our social media of the other being right or wrong. How about this? All right. Winner picks an outfit for the loser. Got it. I love it. See, so that way, if if Tiger, but here's the thing. Let's say let's say both happen. Yeah. If both happen, it's a push. Yeah, and we both get to happen, say we're right. Push. Right. Okay. We both... So if neither happens, it's a push. But I like that. We got to put the outfit out. We got to take a picture of it, and we got to put it out. We got to do a, a one of the others, the smartest person on the planet, when one of the other is right. All Wearing right. the outfit. Correct. All right, coming up next, uh, we will each give you a pick, a low sleeper, and someone to watch. So we'll, we'll give you the, we'll give you our pick to win at our favorite. We'll give you another like big name that, that we're not going to be surprised when they contend. And then we'll give you an off the radar pick. Plus we will get into the USGA and what's at stake for them this week. Oh, Maddie and the caddy back at it. But, man, as you can tell, like, I t- you said you thought something might have been wrong, man. And my back is killing me. It's been killing me. It's probably because they don't have an inversion table here at the USGA this week. And that's what you need. When I was caddying back in the day, that's what we used to use every single day to make backs feel better. And that's what it was. Teeter has an inversion table. And it's all about decompressing. And it's... Just aligns your back and makes you feel better. Yes, inversion. You're hanging upside down, and it feels awesome. But look, here's the deal. What if I told you by doing this every day, you can get about a 10% increase in your driving distance and a 16% increase in accuracy? Yep. That's knocking out three strokes in your golf game. Oh, you don't want to knock three strokes off your (laughs) golf game? You're not my friend. Shut up. Get out. Teeter inversion tables, they got thousands of reviews on Amazon. And it's they got an average of star rating, 4.9. 4.9! That's almost perfect. What does that tell you? They also have a special offer just for our audience, Maddie. For a limited time, you can get $70 off a Teeter inversion table plus $100 worth of bonus accessories. All you got to do is go to teeter.com slash caddy, C-A-D-D-I-E. You'll also get free shipping, free returns. That's a 60-day money-back guarantee. So there's no risk for you to try it out. See? Try it for 60 days, knock three strokes off your golf game, and then go, ah, I better not return it. I better keep it. Yeah, you think? Remember, you get $70 off of the Teeter Inversion Table plus free bonus accessories, you have to go to teeter.com slash caddy. Teeter.com slash C-A-D-D-I-E. That's what you do. Make your back feel better and your golf game gets better too. Yeah, win-win. You're welcome. No one's back has hurt more over the last couple of years than carrying the weight of pressure than the USGA <laughs> after how they've acted since... Chambers Bay, Shinnecock, Aaron Hills. It has not been good for them. Be honest. Are you nervous about this week? Yes. Me too. Yeah. I'm terrified. And so 
and I've been thinking a lot about this and what's at stake. And I would say it's not hyperbole to think that the the reputation of our nation's championship and the governing body has never been more on the line than it will be come Saturday. I think Thursday right, so and Friday most, are a wash, but I think the come the weekend. The most important thing that, that I'm going to ask you, the most important prediction, okay, is not even the winner. What's the winning score? I, what do I think it's going to be? Yes. What do I think it should be? What I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, can I give you a between, can I give you a plus or minus margin of two? All right. I think it's going to be between eight and ten under. Okay, okay. All right, so you then you actually are hopeful that the USGA is going to just let the course be what the course is. What about you, sir? I completely agree. Okay. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think anywhere between uh, eight under and eight to nine under is going to win. And and I think the reason that eight to nine under is going to win is because the temperature and the way that this course is playing right now and will play through this temperature in perfect conditions means the only way that you are going to get the best golfers in the world to win at either even par or one under would be to do something stupid to the course. And I think that the USGA understands that they can't do that this year. They just can't because if they do, even because of a secret report that had kind of come out that at they are on the brink of guys boycotting yep. this event. And if you have the best players in the world that said, we're not playing because we don't trust what you're going to do to the golf course, then you no longer have a major. And that would be the biggest disaster for our country's golf that could ever happen. And and I'll take it one step further, like the USGA, and we, we've heard all the awful you know quotes of, of what some of the players think of the USGA. The one thing they cannot do, they can't make a mockery of a place like Pebble Beach. No, you can't do but it. The problem now, Tiger is, made a mockery of it in two thousand. Says that he, about Shinnecock. Dom- well, I was getting that. My next point was going to be, with all due respect to the membership at Shinnecock, it's not the same as those who preside over the historic and famed Pebble Beach. It just isn't. I mean, it's not. Shinnecock's not Pebble Beach, of course not. But when you talk about an iconic venue, then Shinnecock's one of them. Agreed, so, but it's for know. different reasons. I just don't yes. think that you can go out there and have Pebble Beach look like a clown course <laughs> with the stewards of golf, and I just don't think that would sit well with anybody, namely the players. But if they do it right, look, here's what they've done to the course, and we know this because it's the U.S. Open, and they're kind of taking it back to what it used to be. Narr- yes. They narrowed the fairways, which is what I love seeing. I don't want to see those Aaron Hills 60-yard fairways. Agreed. They've narrowed the fairways. They've tricked up the rough and the greens there. I think it's about 3,500 square feet of green space, which is some of the smallest on tour. Yeah, they're the smallest that you can find. So so. what's the premium this week as set forth by the USGA, which is what it should be? One, accuracy off the tee. You must not be in the rough. USGA staple, I love it. What's staple number two? Rough. If you are in the rough, it's going to be penal. Correct. There you go. That's staple number two. And number three, you know what? Land your 
approach shots in the right spot because you're going to have to earn your putts here. Yes. And as long as all three of those play out, then I think you're going to see a test of golf that's fair, but it's also scorable for some of these players to average. If by, they do it right. Right. By our yeah. math, Caddy, we're looking at the leader. Two under. Two under every day. Every day. That's good golf. But it also means that, look, some some guy can go out there and shoot a five under one day and then go plus one, plus one, plus two. Like, you're going to get a guy who just gets into that zone. But this is where the USGA has always been quick to hit the panic button. Where if a couple, if one guy goes out and shoots five under and a couple of guys shoots fours and threes and all those numbers start going, they hit the panic button and like, oh, someone's going to light it up. Like, we're going to have another... Tennis is going to be another Rory at Congressional. Right. Like, oh. And then they Where freak out and overdo it. That just killed me. There were, what, eight people under par and Rory shot ten. Everyone's under par. Shut up. No, it wasn't. Everyone. Stop it. So that's going to be the key. The key is going to be when a guy goes low on Thursday and another guy goes low on Friday, don't hit the panic button. Right. And just let it be. Let it play let just, out. Somebody play. Make them watch Frozen. Just let it be. And let the let Mother Nature do what she does. Let Pebble be Pebble, right? Because it's good. Look, you know what? If if eight under, even if ten under, if ten under wins, then you know what? Ten under was the best golf that was played all week, and that's okay. It still identifies the best golfer out there. And as I understand it, based on some of the weather forecasts that I've seen, it could get dry this weekend. If it dries out, the, the greens are going to do their own thing anyway. Yes. It's going to be, like I said, mid, it's the temperature for the four days is going to be from mid fifties to mid sixties, which means that, but it's going to be somewhat sunny. So the course will kind of get dry just a little bit, but it also will be because of that moisture coming off the, coming off the coast, coming off the uh, Pacific ocean, it's going to be scorable. Right now, the greens are receptive. And if that temperature drops, they're going to stay receptive. You know what? That's okay. And I'm fine it's with okay. it. Yeah. And I'm also fine with the fact that I, I couldn't be more excited to be laying in bed this weekend, getting ready to go to bed watching golf on the West Coast. Yeah. Because when my alarm goes off at 3.15 a.m. to get up for Sports Center, like Tiger's not going to be done till close to 10 o'clock on, on Thursday night. And I'm here for that. <laughs> That's gonna be great. All right, so let's uh, let's give the patrons our picks. Now, here's what okay. we're gonna do when we give our, our our picks. If you guys are in any gambling pools, we're gonna do these based on odds. Yes. And there's gonna be tiers. There's gonna be the nine to low, one favorite, mid, high. Yeah. So the the the, the high uh, so low odds are gonna be nine to one favorites to thirty five to one, and then the middle tier is gonna be forty to one. To ninety-five to one, what? and then anything below that will be a hundred and one, hundred to one and lower. So triple digits is going to be the the sleeper. Okay. Well, here's I'm gonna give you my three. I, I'm judging by the where the odds were. VegasInsider.com. Here's how here's how I picked them for the show with uh, Doug Kazarian. Daily wager. Daily wager. Brooks Kepka, Matt Kuchar, Webb Simpson. Man, you took some of mine. <laughs> Sorry. So those say those favorite. again. Brooks Kepka. Kepka nine to one. He's your favorite. Matt Kuchar. Okay, so and why do you like Kuchar? Uh after his performance last week, his performances in all the majors, even at Beth Page where it is a bomber's course and he is definitely not a bomber. 
his ball striking has been phenomenal. And he's one of those guys where um, if you look at his record his past seven tournaments or so, he just is in a real good place. All right. Um, and even though he's major free, if you remember what almost happened when he went toe-to-toe with Jordan Spieth, when Jordan, we'll just call it, we'll call it the out of play that wasn't out of play. <laughs> Right for Jordan at winning the Open Championship. Matt Kuchar's just always been around, and I think he's going to continue to always be around. And then Webb Simpson finishing T two last week. He's another one. See, I love Webb. Webb, but see, here's the thing: Webb has not had a great uh, tournament when he plays in the AT and T. But because this course is completely different than that, and because of what he's coming off of, and because of his performances earlier in the majors. I think Webb Simpson has set himself up in a really good spot this week coming in to be one of those names where people look on the leaderboard and go, wait, Webb, but he, I mean, he finished tied for second last week in Canada, but there's no buts. This guy is also a major championship winner. Remember Olympic? Yep. Hello. And see, that's why for me, I'll give you uh, Rory McIlroy is my pick to win. Okay. He's my favorite, nine to one. Has the same odds right now as Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, both nine to one. So Kepka's or uh, McElroy is my favorite to win. Webb Simpson was my middle tier guy, the guy that's hanging out from about forty uh, to ninety five. Like he's forty five to one right now. Kuchar's fifty to one. Yeah, love Webb Simpson. I like Kuchar as well. I think both of them are going to have an opportunity to contend. And a couple of long odds guys that I like that are a hundred and one and lower. The first one I like Matthew Fitzpatrick at 125 to one. Oh, okay. If you're looking deep odds, if you're going down in there, I like Matthew Fitzpatrick at 125 to one. And another guy to keep an eye on that's in a triple digit type odd scenario. Keep an eye out for Martin Keimer at 100 to one. Hmm. Martin. So if you got an extra, I would say if you got an extra hundred bucks, fifty on Fitzpatrick, fifty on Keimer. I yeah. love the the Keimer one. I kind of, I really do like that. I'm telling how you, he man. Jack's place. He's an enigma. Yeah. And when when the robot, if it's on, if it's on, forget it. it. It's game on. Yeah. I mean, and he he's a he's a guy that when it's on, you could argue like, the, where did this guy? He's one of the best players on the planet. So correct. Those are a couple of guys to keep an eye on. Uh, right. McElroy, Kepka. We both love Webb Simpson. And there's a long odds guy. A couple of long odds guys for you: Matthew Fitzpatrick and Martin Keimer. Uh, ultimately. I love this week. I love that it's back at Pebble Beach, and I love when's the last time we've been able to say, and we're really starting to get to it now, Caddy, because of this new schedule. I love that it's major, few weeks off, major, few weeks off, and now we have our third major championship. I think this has been great for the sport. Nope, it has not been great for the sport, <laughs> and I and we're we'll talk about this in the next podcast. Yes, we will, because it, I'm going to tell you. I'm just going to ask you one question. Okay. If Tiger doesn't play an event between the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, how many PGA Tour events has Tiger played in since the Masters? One. Correct. Do you think that's what the PGA Tour wanted when they set the schedule up? I don't think they factored Tiger in. I think they factored it based on majors and the FedEx Cup. Oops. I really don't. I think they did this for the guy. The guy who's the needle, the stand, and the shipping crate that came in. In four months has played one PGA Tour event. The dude who is the President's Cup captain, 
the one event that's run by the PGA Tour, the dude who's going to be a playing captain in Australia in the biggest, most compact part of the year that you put together and the bed that you made in, Tiger was going to play in one event. Yep. Well done, stupid. Nope. I think it's been great. I'm basing the schedule like Tiger based his career on the majors. And you know what? FedEx Cup time, he's going to be around, and that's all they care the about. The majors doesn't have nothing to do with the PGA Tour. You know what does, PGA though? The Tour's FedEx job Cup. Is the, okay. And they're going to get the numbers because Tiger's going to be around for that. Okay. And that's what they care about. Okay. Like, so with all don't... due respect to the middle events, I don't know. I mean, you've got the players, which is the players tournament. You've got Arnold, you got the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He had to pull out of that one because he wasn't feeling well. How did, how did Tiger do at the PGA Championship not having a warm up? He was sick. Remember, he had a stomach issue. Yeah, but that had nothing to do with his game. Of course it did. If you're dehydrated and you don't feel good, you ever try playing golf hungover? I'm actually better hungover. What am I thinking? I'm actually (laughs) great when I'm hungover. (laughs) Anyway. We'll get into it. Yeah, next we will. Podcast. Because we'll this has been it. this has been great. I mean, I I love the major championship schedule. I know you don't like it, but I know you also have work to do down there. Uh, our apologies for being a couple of days late, but we wanted to let some storylines develop out west. We'll get this out immediately. And I'm sorry that I played at the BMW and we didn't do a podcast last week. All right, but I'm not taking responsibility. It wasn't all my fault. Okay, well, you know what? I we'll did ag- miss the cut, and Mother Nature almost didn't let me get here to the U.S. Open until Tuesday, but. American Airlines found a way. Oh, here we go, Mr. You know what? For a guy that uses airlines for his job, you sure do get down on them quite a bit. I just said American Airlines found a way. Okay. All right. Well, good for American Airlines. And good for you for getting to be out at Pebble Beach. <laughs> Enjoy the week. Look forward to uh, catching up with you and watching the golf. It's going to be a fun it one. Up. Yeah. Hey, go get your coffee so you can not walk around the course like a drunk hobo. Hanging out in Monterey where they shouldn't be. Now, I haven't had my coffee, and you're like, hey, is everything cool? But I already know there are some people listening that's like, hey, I kind of like that, Michael. Sounds kind of nice. All right, well, you just and creeped for only it. Four ninety five a minute, you too. Talk to me. At least you creeped everyone out at the end. For the caddy, Michael Collins. I am Maddie. This has been our U.S. Open preview on Maddie and the Cat. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.